You're listening to Flight Plans, the SAE Aero Design Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Flight Plans, the official podcast of SAE Aero Design. I am here today with Ryan Reynolds, the organizer for the SAE Aero Design West Competition that's being held in Van Nuys, California this year in just a few weeks. So welcome, Ryan. Thanks for joining us in this early morning. Yeah, welcome. Looking forward to seeing everybody in California this year. We're getting geared up and ready to go for a few weeks from now. One of the cool things about SAE Air Design is that the same key volunteers and organizers go to competitions across the country, right? So you were just at the SAE Air Design East competition in Lakeland, Florida, and I was not. So I wanted to see if you could give us a little recap of how the event went, uh, any lessons learned, anything that students who are coming to your competition can take back and use. Absolutely. Yeah, I was very fortunate to be able to attend the event in Lakeland. It was a, a shining success. A good group of teams uh, were competing and we had great weather and actually were able to get through seven flight rounds which was record-setting for this number of teams uh, in terms of the overall number of flight attempts. So um, the competition was, was very competitive in, in multiple classes, uh, coming down to the wire with all those flight attempts um, and lots of very close finishes. And all those results uh, are posted now on the SAE website. One of the things that we observed is the microclass has uh, new rules this year in carrying PVC pipe. It's very interesting to see the designs that were uh, brought out for that and kind of the, the first attempts at that new rule set for the microclass. And, and really, I was quite surprised with how big some of the aircraft were considering they were microclass and had to fit into the uh, packing container. That was really interesting to see. Uh, regular class was continuing with their uh, passengers and carrying tennis balls and um, a lot of tennis balls. And we did have a few accidents uh, at East that dumped tennis balls all over the runway. Uh, so that created a little bit of excitement. Um, but for the most part, um, the teams um, in the second year of, of, of using this set of rules and carrying passengers have, have really been moving forward and doing a great job there. And then in the advanced class, um, the humanitarian payload drops, or bombers, as we sometimes call them. Um, really, this is the third year of that rule set, and they have done a tremendous job of improving over, the, over that time to, to make their uh, systems and communications work a lot better. We did have a few issues uh, that will be a lesson learned for our event out west. A lot of the teams were using uh, 900 megahertz for um, some of their telemetry um, between the ground station and the pilot and the aircraft. And what we observed was that um, a lot of teams also brought two-way radios who were operating in that same sort of band. And there was some concern about um, interference there. So we actually started asking teams to turn off their two-way radios. And some of the uh, organizing staff also turned off two-way radios during the advanced class dropping so that there would be less interference there. And that, that did seem to improve things uh, over the course of the weekend. So that's uh, something that we'll probably uh, pick up and, and learn from for our event in California. Anything in terms of student preparedness that you think teams could work on for your event, tech inspection, anything like that that you had observed? We're just uh, processing uh, and scheduling 
all the Friday activities. That'd be a good point of conversation here. But specifically to your question, uh, the tech inspection on Friday is really always one of the tricky uh, things to, to navigate for the teams. And we've, we've lengthened the time period available for each time slot. That is something that's mandatory. You can't fly on Saturday until you've passed tech inspection. And so we have um, teams assigned to time slots and tables to get their tech inspection accomplished. And, and that's something that uh, some teams aren't able to manage uh, passing on the first try, and that's okay. And we'll try and accommodate uh, getting reinspection done, getting things corrected. We want all the teams to be able to come out and fly. That's what we're here for, and that's where the fun is. So we're we're cooperating to get teams through tech tech inspection, but it is a safety of flight issue, and it is a, a fairness of competition issue. And so we do ask teams to try and be prepared and make sure they arrive on time, both for their oral presentation and and the tech inspection. And we're we're really deconflicting those times, so there shouldn't be any issue with being able to make your tech inspection time slot and your oral presentation time slot on Friday. Yeah, your competition has one of the more experienced groups of tech inspectors. So that's always a great way to start Friday. I think for teams is having, a, you know, the flying club's very involved uh, in the event and especially tech inspection uh, as well as the flight days on Saturday and Sunday. So we want to talk a little bit about Friday and what teams can expect for Friday um, from morning to evening. Absolutely. We are very fortunate to have um, participation not only from the aerospace industry in Southern California, but also the radio-controlled model aircraft community, and specifically uh, our host flying club for our event is called the Valley Flyers. And they've been hosting with us uh, at this same site uh, actually for over a decade. We've been very fortunate during that time to to keep improving the event uh, each year that we host. And uh, we enjoy their support and they enjoy getting to see all the creative designs and, and interacting with the students. In terms of the schedule for Friday, the oral presentations will be running from 9 o'clock in the morning until almost 6 in the evening. And that's uh, a function of, of having as many teams as we have and trying to fit, fit them all in. Each team will have a 30-minute time slot, and the schedule will be posted for that soon uh, between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. for the oral presentations. The technical inspection are also happening at the same time in parallel, uh, just across the hallway and in the main ballroom. And those will start at 8.30 in the morning and continue until about 5.00. Registration for teams will be opening up at 8 o'clock in the morning, and that will be in the hallway between uh, the ballroom where the tech inspection and and later the welcome ceremony is happening and the um, oral presentation judging rooms, which are also in that area of the hotel. As you come into the main entrance of the hotel, it's just immediately on the left, and you'll, you'll see the signs and see all the people there. The Airtel Plaza is a gracious host for us, and we've uh, used their venue a number of years, and they're excited to have us coming back. But it is something that we need to be careful about uh, and, and respect the facility and, and try and be uh, stewards of the area. We do have a lot of teams that are making final preparations of their aircraft, and we encourage teams not to glue their airplanes to the carpet <laughs> or, um, or burn up the carpet with soldering irons and those kinds of things. And those are all things that we've experienced in the past and are learning from and trying to improve. In the evening on Friday, 
we'll have our welcome ceremony and also mandatory team briefing. That will begin at 6.30 in the evening in the main ballroom, the same location where the tech inspections are happening. And that will continue until roughly 8 o'clock. We'll have um, critical information to brief about the Saturday and Sunday flight competition. And also um, at that uh, ceremony, we'll be providing pizza for all of the teams. So look forward to seeing everybody get together in the ballroom Friday night and um, kind of cap off a very busy Friday activity of, of tech inspection and oral presentation and, and get ready for the main event a Saturday morning when we start flying. Yeah. And if teams come prepared, they should have uh, some time to walk around the grounds at the Airtel Plaza. I mean, it's a really cool hotel. There's a lot of history there. There's uh, an airport, small airport right behind the hotel with some famous uh, pilots coming down. The The lobby itself has some cool bottles hanging from the ceiling. It's a really awesome place to just kind of walk around. And to echo what you said, it is not a giant area. So whenever teams have set up set up kind of mini paddocks in the lobby, they're they're pretty much in in the lobby of of this hotel. So there are other guests staying at this hotel. So the the more respectful we can be, um, the more likely we will be to continue using this hotel. It's it's a great addition to the the aero design, you know, tour stop, I guess. So then we can move on to Saturday, which would be the flight days. And we move over to uh, the Valley Flyers field. It's a unique venue in that it's gated. So there, I want to talk a little bit about the spectator situation there in case families and um, other non-team members are coming to the competition with teams. Make sure they understand what that will be like for them. Um, And then also talk a little bit about the flight rounds, what we will be doing to try to ensure that we get as many flight rounds in on the West as we did in the East. And I'm not sure how competitive you are, Ryan, but maybe, maybe a few more. Can we get eight? I don't know. Wow. Um, (laughs) I was, I was really amazed that they got seven. Um, there have been previous years where we've gotten only four. And so not that long ago, (laughs) (laughs) we've been trying to improve, uh, the, the the process of getting teams as many chances as they can to fly because that's what we're all here for. We understand that, and we're trying to encourage keeping the pace up. The first round on Saturday morning is always the slowest, and we understand that. Everybody's kind of getting used to the flow, but we are uh, expecting um, to get at least four, if not five or six rounds in. I don't know if we'll get to seven. It depends a lot on the weather as well. We we generally have good weather in Southern California, and, and that's one of the benefits of coming out uh, to this event. But um, you, ne- you never know for sure. Uh, the flying field will open at 6.30 in the morning on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, there'll be a volunteer briefing at 7, a pilot safety briefing that's mandatory at 7.30 in the morning. And then we'll begin flying right at 8 o'clock if we can. And the general order will be micro class first, and then regular class, and then advanced class. And we'll fly from eight in the morning all the way straight through lunch uh, until around five o'clock or so, the end of the day, and then pick things up again uh, Sunday morning. Same schedule in the morning. Flying field opens at six thirty. Pilot safety briefing at seven thirty, and the flight rounds will begin at eight. On Sunday, we'll only continue until sometime around lunch and that will end the end of the flight part of the competition and we'll have an awards ceremony uh shortly thereafter 
maybe around two o'clock. Uh, this is a, a venue that we've used a number of years in a row now. Uh, so it'll be familiar to people that are coming back that may have uh, attended in 2016, the last time we hosted here. Uh, but there are um, some spectator rules that we're very careful about. There's a chain link fence um, and spectators are required to stay behind that. If you're a student or a volunteer, then you will um, have signed a waiver and get a wristband, and that will allow you access to the flying field and to the uh, tents, which will be set up with tables and chairs for the teams to set up and um, also uh, you know, approach the flight line. So, so that's, that's sort of the safety policy that we have in place, something we take very serious. We want to have a lot of fun and see a lot of good flying and have a great competition, but also do it safely. And, you know, that's something we've been adapting over the years to try and ensure that we're doing the best we can there. And so we do require spectators uh, to stay behind the fence line. And that will be clearly marked. Yeah. And there will be people at the gates uh, checking for wristbands. So students, don't cut off your wristband. Don't take it off. Don't lose it. If you do lose it, find an SAE member, uh, SAE staff member to... Uh, get you a new one. So this is a very important event where uh, wristbands are critical to getting you into the paddocks are actually inside the gate. So in order to get to your team and the pa- the team paddocks, you'll need to make sure that you have your wristband on. So I did want to talk to you a little about um, Lockheed Martin is obviously a key sponsor for this event. And um, the last time we spoke last year, I know you guys were hiring a lot of um, students, and I'm sure that is the case this year too. So, I what should students be coming to competition with? Uh, obviously, a resume is a is a great option, but what should they? Who should they be looking for? Where should they be going? That sort of thing. I I love being involved in this competition as a volunteer, uh, but uh, my day job is to work for Lockheed Martin Skunk Works uh, out here in California. A really neat place to work and. Uh, What's exciting in the last year and this year is that we've really expanded our um, base of operations and are hiring a lot. And so uh, I'll make an announcement at the welcome ceremony Friday night, but I would encourage anyone that's uh, interested in Lockheed Martin to come and chat with me. Um, I'll be collecting resumes and talking about uh, opportunities. We also have a website, LockheedMartinJobs.com, that has all of our entry-level and internship positions. Just before I went out to Florida for the East event, I I did a quick look and there were um, hundreds and hundreds of of entry-level and internship jobs available. So I I presume just a few weeks later, that's still the case and would encourage people to uh, take advantage of the chance to come to the event and network and, and, and compete, but also, you know, use this as an opportunity to look for um, opportunities for the summer uh, when they're graduating or, or getting ready for a uh, summer break for an internship. Um, Lockheed really supports this competition. And, you know, we value the kind of experiences you get from this competition. And um, I'm a hiring manager, so maybe you could come and work for me at the Skunk Works. Pretty epic job right there, guys. Do you have anything else that you want to make sure gets mentioned? I'm really excited for the event. Uh, we put a lot of planning into this. We're going to have some food trucks this year out at the field. Uh, and I think we'll have another great event. I'm looking forward to seeing all the clever and innovative designs. And we'll see everybody on Friday in Van Nuys. Awesome. Thanks so much. Be safe, guys. We'll see you competition. 
Thanks for listening to Flight Plans, the SAE Aero Design Podcast. As always, we want to hear from you, so email aerodesign at sae.org. The show notes for this episode and all others can be found at aerodesign.fireside.fm. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next episode.